welcome to the Proxima Weekly, your source for updates in the project finance, energy, and infrastructure sectors globally. I'm your host, Maura Murphy, reporting to you from New York. It's Tuesday, February 20th. Starting off today in the U.S., the U.S. Department of Transportation's Build America Bureau has approved up to $417.2 million to the North Carolina Turnpike Authority. The loan is intended for the funding of Phase 2 of the complete 540 project around the Greater Raleigh area. A $1.3 billion Phase 2 project will extend the Triangle Expressway 10.8 miles, connecting to the 17-mile Phase 1 project, which is currently under construction. The Phase 2 project includes six interchanges, 24 bridges, and 14 culverts, with construction expected to be completed in 2028. It will improve local mobility by adding five new interchange connections to the local roadway network and a crossing over of the Neuse River. The Triangle Expressway extension will mirror the existing Triangle Expressway as a 70-mile-per-hour, six-lane, all-electronic toll facility. The funding is the fourth Transportation Infrastructure Finance and Innovation Act, or TIFIA, loan for North Carolina Transit Authority, bringing their total to $1.3 billion in loans, supporting approximately $4 billion in projects. Also in the U.S. this week, Australia's SAUS32 has made a final investment decision for its Taylor Zinc-Lead Silver Project, the first development at its Hermosa project in Arizona. The South 32 board has approved the development of Taylor for direct and indirect capital expenditure of $2.16 billion. Taylor is expected to reach production in the second half of the fiscal year of 2027 and deliver nameplate production in 2030. The Taylor deposit has the potential to be a top 10 global zinc producer with a steady stage production of 290,000 tons per year of zinc equivalent, operating for 28 years at an average operating cost unit of $86 per ton of ore processed. Production will comprise of 132,000 tons per year of zinc, 163,000 tons per year of lead, and 8.4 million ounces a year of silver. Now moving to Latin America, the syndication of the $883 million project financing for the Aguas Pacifico desalinization plant in Chile is likely to be substantially completed in February. Aguas Pacifico is a subsidiary of Patria Infrastructure Fund 3, and according to a source close to the deal, while banks may continue with the occasional small sell-downs beyond February, the majority of the syndication is expected to be finalized by the end of the month. The financing recently reached financial closed and is made up of around $817 million of senior debt, as well as debt service reserve LC facilities and a VAT facility. The transaction is structured as a seven-year mini-perm, but the debt sizing corresponds to that of a 20-year transaction, as refinancing risk has been deemed to be low. The financing is likely to be refinanced via the capital markets at a later stage. Joint lead arrangers on the deal include BNB Paribas, DNB Natixis, and SMBC. Mandated lead arrangers included BCI, Mizuho, and Societe Generale. The deal has been underwritten by the joint leader rangers, while the mandated leader rangers entered the financing at their final hold positions of $75 million each. It is intended that once syndication closes, both groups of lenders will have the same exposure to the deal. Millbank and Carey are legal advisors to the borrower, and Paul Hastings and Guerrero Olivios are providing lender counsel. DNB Capital Markets is financial advisor to the borrower.
To be located in Valparaiso region, the project will have Anglo-American as an anchor off-taker. Anglo-American will use the water produced by its plant for its Los Bronques copper mine from 2025 onward under a 20-year off-take agreement. Water will also be provided to the nearby communities of Quilina and Tiltil, benefiting approximately 20,000 people. And very quickly, speaking of Latin America, I would like to put in just a quick plug for our Latin American Energy and Infrastructure Finance event taking place just next week in Miami. There are some great names attending the event, including AES, Denim Capital, Digital Bridge, EIG, John Hancock, Lima Airport Partners, Macquarie Green Investment Group, Megaflux, Metca, Nexo Latam, Odata, Odinsa Group, um, Prudential, Recurrent Energy, Rio Energy, Cessier, Solec, Synetics, Stone Peak Infrastructure Partners, Total Energies, VG Mobility, Elecnor, GE, uh, HIF Global, Hitachi, Hydro Rain, Ministry of Finance from Mexico, Mitsubishi, and Siemens Energy. We hope to see you there, and if you are interested in learning about that event, please do visit us at proximoinfo.com. Moving from Latin American into Europe, Automotive Cells Company has closed a 4.4 billion euro ECA-backed debt raising to help finance three gigafactories for lithium-ion battery cell production in France, Germany, and Italy. The financing, which will also be used for R&D, is fully underwritten by BNP Paribas, Deutsche Bank, ING, and Intesa Sao Paulo, and is supported by BPI France, Euler Hermes, and Sace. BNP Paribas acted as the financial, excuse me, exclusive financial advisor to ACC. The debt package, which ACC says is one of Europe's largest ever debt raisings in the industry, will accelerate the development of the company and strengthen its position as a player in battery industry to equip electric vehicles. In December of 2023, ACC started production for Stellantis at its Billy Burkhau driven gigafactory in France on schedule. Construction of the second block of the French site has started, and the company also launched construction of the first block in Germany and the double block in Italy. Stellantis, Mercedes-Benz, and Saft, the three shareholders of ACC, also increased their capital. By the end of March 2024 and with the next capital injection, Stellantis will own 45% of ACC shares, Mercedes-Benz will have 30%, and Saft have 25%. Your company have agreed to modify ACC's capital shareholding and plan to progressively increase their equity stakes in automotive sales company. Also in Europe this week, also in Europe this week, Orkney Island Council's Development and Infrastructure Committee has given its backing to the West of Orkney Wind Farms offshore plans. The final decision on the offshore consent will be made by Scottish ministers following recommendations by the Marine Directorate Licensing Operations Team and taking into account comments made by statutory consultees, including Orkney Islands Council. The proposed project will have up to 125 turbines on fixed foundations and an expected capacity of around 2 gigawatts. It is located 30 kilometers west of the Orkney mainland and 25 kilometers north of the Sutherland coast. First power is being targeted for 2029. The project is being developed by a joint venture comprising Corio Generation, Total Energies, and Renewable Infrastructure Development Group. Lastly for today in Europe is in Italy. Italy has awarded 1,041 megawatts of projects in around 13 of its renewable energy auction program against a target of 1,627 megawatts. 
a total of 16 wind and 62 solar projects with a combined capacity of 1,001 megawatts were awarded in the Group A category for projects over 1 megawatt. Of this total, 30, 357 megawatts was reserved for solar and 644 megawatts for wind proposals. For projects under 1 megawatt, wind, solar, and run-of-river hydropower projects totaling 40 megawatts were selected. GSE has now allocated 7.3 gigawatts of renewable projects, or 91% of the targeted capacity of 8 gigawatts announced to be available by the government back in 2019. The next competitive round is due to be launched within days and will allocate the remaining capa available capacity. Moving to Middle East and Africa, High Power Exploration Inc. has signed a letter of intent with the Liberian government and Guma Africa Group to develop the Liberty Corridor Railroad in Liberia. HPX and Guma Africa will enter into negotiations with the government to agree the framework and granting exclusive rights to develop, finance, and grant operating rights to the railroad, which will connect the Nimbia district of Guinea to the new Liberian deep water part at Didia. In addition to the railroad, the Liberty Corridor will comprise an extension of the existing hydropower network from the Côte d'Ivoire to the Nimbia districts of Liberia and Guinea in an upgrade of existing road networks and the implementation of fiber optic telecommunication cable connecting Liberia and Nimbia district and potentially beyond. An estimated investment of three to five billion will enable sustainable material development and downstream value addition to the regional economies. HPX is an American exploration and development company focused on advancing its high-grade, long-life iron ore mine in the Lolu region of southeastern region of the Republic of Guinea. Our last three stories for today are in Asia-Pacific. First up, the Melbourne Renewable Energy Hub has closed a 400 million Australian non-recourse debt financing package for MREHA3, the third project in its 1 billion plus 600 megawatt Victorian energy storage project. The transaction is the first financial close of a four-hour BESS in Australia's national electricity market and was provided by a lending syndicate comprising Export Development Canada, Societe Generale, Standard Chartered, and Westpac. The project is co-owned by Equis Australia and Victorian state-owned renewable energy company, SEC. The transaction will fund construction of the 200 megawatt or 800 megawatt hour best project, which SEC will be responsible for operating. MREH comprises three projects of 200 megawatts each, the other two having already reached financial close with equity in December of 2023. MREH connects to the NEM's high voltage 500 kilovolt transmission system and is uniquely positioned as the confluence of several of Victoria's critical transmission routes to the Melbourne Metropolitan Load. The battery is also the only best in Victoria capable of supporting three Victorian renewable energy zones, the Murray River, Western Victoria, and South Victoria Res. Once complete, MREH will provide 1.6 gigawatt hours of energy storage. Staying in Australia, but moving from Victoria to Queensland, coal miner Stanmore Resources is to buy diversified mining from South 32's 50% interest in the Eagle Downs Metallurgical Joint Venture Coal Project in Queensland. 
Stanmore will acquire the Eagle Down stake for the $135 million, comprising a $15 million upfront cash payment, $200 million upon the first 100,000 tons of coal being mined from long wall mining methods, and a capped royalty of about $100 million. The other 50% of the Eagle Downs coal project, which has been in care and maintenance since late 2015, is held by China Bao Steel Group subsidiary Aquila Coal. Stanmore has signed a term sheet with Aquila, which has undertaken to waive any preemptive rights in respect to the sale and transfer of South 32's interest in the JV. Further, Stanmore will be able to acquire an additional 30% interest in the Eagle Downs project from Aquila on the same commercial terms as though it agreed under the South 32's transaction. In addition, the company can acquire 80% interest in Eagle Downs South tenement. And lastly for today is another metals discussion. We're moving to Indonesia. Mining Industry Indonesia, or Mind ID, has requested proposals for a loan of as much as $2 billion. The state-owned mineral resources holding company plans to use the proceeds partly to repay existing debt, according to an unnamed sources close to the deal. It may also include funds for the PT Vale Indonesia stake purchase, as it was claimed. Mind ID has stakes in several Indonesian companies with interest in commodities ranging from aluminum to nickel, copper, and gold. Fitch Ratings in a November report said that it expected Mind ID to continue investing in downstream processing projects with capital expenditures and acquisition-related outflows likely elevated. Now, Indonesia is working to boost its economy through mineral downstreaming. It is also looking to derive more value from its rich reserves of nickel, which is a key ingredient in batteries, through strategies like wooing global electric vehicle makers to build factories in the country. Mind ID is seeking bids within a month. After considering proposals, the company may, depending on the pricing, choose loan or bond or both. And that is all for today. If you're interested to learn more about any of these projects or events, please do visit us at proximalinfo.com. Until next week.